the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC Podcast, where we explore workforce development issues in Southern Nevada. Today, we have a very special guest, a member of the Workforce Connections Local Elected Officials Consortium, Clark County Commissioner William McCurdy. Welcome, William. Thank you so much for having me. What do you think about this pop-up studio we got going on? You know what? I'm completely blown away. Uh, I think it's um, the start of something extremely exciting uh, for the Workforce Connections uh, family. I I definitely and most certainly see uh, this new generation, you know, forcing us to get into the podcasting, the vlogging. So uh, I think this is just a phenomenal thing that we're doing, uh, getting to know uh, different guests and also uh, have an opportunity to be interview- interviewed by you. And it's validating because I just found out today that you have two podcasts already. So we're going to check those out. But like you said, it's validation that we need to get with the times and communicate how people are communicating today. So, yes. Yeah, Pretty fun. You're going to love it. We love it already. Good. Good. Well, I want to start by first mentioning you're the newest member. Well, not anymore because now Councilman Matt Fox from Boulder City is the newest, but you are a new member of the Workforce Connections Local Elected Officials Consortium. Your responsibility as local elected officials is to govern the agency, make sure that things are, are happening the way they're supposed to be happening. You get to hire the and manage the executive director. And of course, most of all, set the tone for the services that we deliver for job seekers and small businesses. What has been your experience so far as a member of the LEO Consortium? Well, you know what? I, I just want to say that it's been an honor and a privilege uh, being on the board thus far. Um, you know, uh, prior to you know, being a county commissioner and having an opportunity and a privilege to serve on this board, I was in the state legislature where I served for two terms, and we heard a lot of different complex issues on very incredibly important uh, committees. Uh, but to your point, uh, you know, this is new, but uh, this it's not new to governing. Uh, but one of the things that I've enjoyed really is, you know, really witnessing, you know, your leadership and the things that you've been doing to make sure that we as a board uh, are, are on a path to success. So you essentially make it easier for us or, or you know, a lot less burdensome to govern, you know, with, with looking at, you know, not only the operational aspect of it, but also how are we servicing the community and also the employers that choose our community? Uh, And from what I've been able to experience, um, we are operating in uncertain times, but because we have a framework uh, that is built to last, we are really just thriving within this situation that we find ourselves in, which is really rebounding and rebuilding from this past pandemic. And our work is more important than ever again, because not only are we going to be supporting uh, sometimes the, the, the unemployed person or the person who's looking to reskill and retool, but also we find ourselves uh, in the middle dealing with the employers as well, identifying what it is that they need and how we as a Workforce Connections uh, entity can solve some of those issues that they may find themselves trying to solve. Yeah, it's this, uh, I always think about it as this supply-demand equation where, you know, we have the businesses, the employers being the demand for for workers, and of course, we are this pipeline that produces that product of uh, work-ready job seekers, and so we're always trying to solve that. I'm grateful that even though we didn't uh, cross paths before, like you said, in your legislative years, you did cross paths and work with uh, other members of our team. Irene Bustamante Adams, who's our deputy director, 
uh, Councilwoman Olivia Diaz, who's a m member of the consortium as well. And so uh, it's good. I feel good that you come and, and have a built-in trust already that you have people here that you've worked with and can like, just jump right in uh, as if you were still in Carson City and govern. So uh, with that being said, you represent District D from Clark County. And, you know, this pandemic, of course, affected everybody, the whole world. But how did it affect the district you represent uh, you know, and and how do you see District D coming out, if you will, of the pandemic? Yeah, Jaime, that's an, an incredibly important question. Um, and I, it was no secret that District D was hit disproportionately harder uh, than other districts within Southern Nevada. And it was actually reported again that it was the hardest hit district that I might add. And, and that's very unfortunate, but really it was the hardest hit uh, district because of the, combi the combination and the, and the makeup of our, our district. We have an overwhelming majority of minorities, specifically uh, Latino and African-American communities. And we are the, 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 the workers that are within the hardest hit areas that were literally hit the hardest during uh, the pandemic when we had the shutdown. Uh, and, and speak specifically to the hotel corridor and our hospitality industry. Um, so with that being said, uh, we saw instances to where not only were we disproportionately impacted by um, getting COVID, uh, but also in terms of the vaccination rates, uh, the testing when we were doing testing during the beginning stages, I would say the beginning quarter of the pandemic. Uh, but now we find ourselves in a situation uh, to where we are further meeting with community leaders, business owners, faith leaders, to really identify how do we speak uh, to uh, this hardest hit impacted community. Uh, and the Latino community and the African-American community, they're not a monolith. They're not, uh, you can't, there's not just one message that you have to have because everyone's experiences have been different. Uh, so uh, with meeting with our, our leaders of the communities, we are working with the health district as well as you know, other entities to to better service the community. And I believe uh, what we will see as a result to this pandemic is a new emergence of business owners and entrepreneurs, because when folks went home uh, and were unemployed, not only did they really figure out how they can uh, reinvent themselves to bring additional income to their homes, but they also thought about things that were missing, gaps that they saw within their professions. And uh, I believe that you will see District D and its residents uh, rebound stronger than ever. I think that we have become certainly uh, a more resilient uh, district. And I, I believe that we're going to see more and more uh, economic output coming out of District D than, than any time in, in, in recent history. I love to hear that, that you have that optimism. I know, again, that you serve along with some of our other uh, LEO members, uh, Councilwoman Diaz, Councilman Black, on the Santa Nevada Regional Housing Authority, on the Health District, because these services are all related to each other uh, and these services that people need. We have taken an approach at Workforce Connections, as you know, to try to bring the services closer to where people live and work. It used to be that you had to drive all the way here next door to come get the services. And sometimes from Mesquite or Laughlin, that's a long ride. And so we've been able to partner with local libraries to have no cost facilities for us to provide these services. And when we don't pay rent, 
and infrastructure. That means we can serve more job seekers and more small businesses. Most recently, we opened a new career hub in the historic West Side District there on, on, on Ward 5, if you will. And so, again, trying to get these services closer to the neighborhoods, what do you think is going to be the impact of bringing those services right there in the middle of that project that now is also building a training center? Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I believe that that is going to greatly mitigate some of the obstacles uh, that uh, the surrounding neighbors and neighborhood uh, would have had uh, to, to gaining those types of, um, of opportunities uh, at employment. And I think the more that we can continue to put um, uh, these, you know, uh, these these pop-ups, if you will, in, in communities and, and hubs across the, the Southern Nevada region, I think that we are going to see that we drive uh, the the number of people who are unemployed down. We drive that number down while increasing uh, the economic opportunity and the earning potential of the families in which these uh, centers are being, um, you know, positioned in. And it's really, uh, again, speaking to the resilience of this organization and, and, and its leadership. And it's, and it's really, it's, it's, it's blueprint uh, to addressing some of the issues that we have uh, within the community. And being that it is located right there at the historic West Side School, which is essentially uh, a part of the, uh, the, the Ward 5 Works initiative that is being driven by uh, City Councilman uh, Cedric Creer and the partnership that it's also going to have with the College of Southern Nevada, I think that we are going to see something phenomenal come out of that placement, uh, not only in terms of, um, you know, earning potential for folks who walk in those doors, but also for what it means with the community at large. So uh, I think it's phenomenal. I think that it's a model to be duplicated and replicated in, in other areas of town. Uh, but also, um, I'm just so excited to see uh, how this is going to positively impact the families uh, that will be walking into those doors. So are we. Uh, last year in 2020, the National Association of Workforce Boards, every year they pick a local board that is partnering with the business community to align, to best align workforce development to the economic development needs of their area. And there's 550 boards, of course, uh, vying for that award, but only one can get it. Now, last year, we were fortunate to receive that award among the boards. We call it our Super Bowl, of course. It's uh, And so we were really proud to receive that national recognition for the work we're doing. But again, now that you are starting to learn about the organization and the impact of the work, and we hope that you join us next year to the D.C. trip for the National Association of Workforce Board Forum so you can meet your peers from other regions. But what would be on your short list of things you want to see this organization accomplish, perhaps in 2022? You know what? Um, in the next 12 months or, you know, for 2022, uh, I would like to see Workforce Connections uh, accomplish providing more opportunities uh, for new and emerging industries, because uh, I believe that due to this pandemic, we're going to see a shift and the type of, of, of employers that we see pop up in Southern Nevada. And according to, you know, a study that was done through the LVGA, Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance, uh, some of those industries include software development, um, more, you know, nurses and, and, and healthcare professionals, uh, and also uh, many management positions and logistics and, and also looking at areas of opportunity 
around the the manufacturing arena as well. Uh, so I would like to see us continue to focus in that area, but also uh, understand that we have a plan that's laid out in the Blueprint, Blueprint, Blueprint 2.0, um, and, and we're going to continue to follow that and build up on that. Uh, so I just I just want us to see I just want us to have more, um, you know, I guess you would say collaboration uh, around Southern Nevada region. And uh, one thing that we were talking about today uh, within uh, our county commission meeting, we were talking about uh, the passage of the infrastructure package, the bipartisan infrastructure package and and really discussing what that is going to mean for Southern Nevada in terms of transportation and, and again, uh, new industries. And, and right now we see a potential for more electrification of our, our roadways and more charging stations being installed. So what that means for us at Workforce Connections is that we have an opportunity to get more people skilled uh, or reskilled if they would like to switch industries that they're, that they're operating in. And and help them, you know, increase their again their earning potential uh, with these these new initiatives that being that are being brought forward by you know federal legislation, uh, and with the you know the charging stations, there is an opportunity uh, for for lithium disposal and, and and working on those electric vehicles. So there is a lot of opportunity uh, that is presenting itself in 2022 and beyond. But I would like Workforce Connections to continue to be on the forefront uh, of, of creating these programs and creating these opportunities for our community members, because that is our charge. And um, I believe that with the leadership that we have here, along with the collaborations and the collaborative nature of the individual partners that we have, uh, we're going to continue to not only uh, grow, but thrive uh, into the future. And it's, it's just so important uh, that we continue to do so. I believe so, and and I'm here to commit to you that um, that's exactly our target. Just yesterday, I, I, I ran into Shandell Newsom uh, from the Urban Chamber at the Raider game, and we were talking about something that is unprecedented here in Southern Nevada. It's exactly what you were talking about, where we have these new industries, and the Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy from the LVGA lists seven of them, and we have committed as a board, as a local board, to build an industry sector partnership for each one of those seven. And like you said, there's manufacturing, there's healthcare, there's technology. And so the, the what's different about it is we're not doing it alone, as you said. We have uh, Ken Evans from the Urban Chamber leading the tech sector, Scott Mulrath from the Henderson Chamber leading the manufacturing, Mary Beth Sewell from the Vegas Chamber leading the healthcare. And we have Peter Guzman from the Latin Chamber, Sony Vizjuna from the Asian Chamber as well. And so for the very first time in our region, I see a an unprecedented collaboration again, as you said, and that's powerful because we're going to make sure that the populations that have been traditionally underrepresented, underserved, and disproportionately affected, as you said, will have those opportunities for those good paying jobs that are in these sectors that are still untapped. Right now, if you talk to multiple companies in the tech sector, there is sales engineers job that are six figure jobs that they cannot fill. And so again, yes, that takes training, but why aren't we exposing our youth to those career opportunities in high school, middle school, elementary school? And so again, we're working with CCSD, CSN, our partners and all of that. So you will see, I guess in the next few months, some tangible demonstration of this collaboration that, you, that you've been asking for, so. Yeah, I mean, and let's, and let's be honest. I mean, 
Southern Nevada, we do it differently. You know, there there is not, you know, too many counties uh, where you have this level of collaboration, where you have this level of accessibility uh, to 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 leaders in in different areas of our life. And um, I think we have something special. And one thing that I also see uh, coming uh, and it's here is the discussion of the the metaverse. Uh, and I think that that is going to present a host of other opportunities for not only our young people, but folks who are in are going into business in these emerging industries where it essentially blends uh, the digital uh, space and the physical space and they merge together. And I think that's also something that has been brought forward due to this pandemic, but something that has also been in the works for quite some time. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how we are going to engage in that space as well, uh, because it most certainly will uh, change the way that you and I do business and change the way that our boards across the state will interact with one another. Uh, So uh, I'm just so excited. I believe it's uh, it's an important and yet exciting time. It's an exciting time to be in leadership. It's an exciting time to be leading an organization, creating policy, um, you know, implementing policy and so on. So I just couldn't be more, um, you know, sincerely thankful for uh, this moment that I am sharing with you, but also this moment that we have uh, an ability to share with our community members. Yeah, and we're grateful here at Workforce Connections also that we identify and see your passion every time you come to a meeting. You really care about the work, and so we're grateful to, to have that. And we always want to be open to accountability and to, uh, you know, different perspectives, as you said. There's not one message that fits all, so we have to hear the perspectives to really be able to effectively serve the diverse population we have. As we come to a close, I, I would like to give you an opportunity to, as I found out, maybe uh, welcome our listeners to check you out at Spotify <laughs> or other platforms. Tell us the name of the podcast. Yes. Um, well, uh, coming into office, we, and coming uh, into office during a time to where we were still dealing with, uh, you know, in many ways being isolated and in, into our homes, but all, and also, you know, having to social distance and, and wear your mask and, and all these different um, parameters that were put in place to really keep the, 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 the general public healthy and safe. We thought about mental health uh, as we were taking office uh, in January. And so what we did was we uh, decided that we would start a podcast called Mental Health Mondays. Uh, and it is co-hosted uh, with a young lady that is is doing phenomenal work. Her name is Denisha Mingo. uh, And what we do is we discuss various topics uh, surrounding mental health and we bring in, you know, industry experts and and, and certified practitioners uh, to help with creating a more healthy mental space. And uh, you can find it on Spotify, on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts and, and so many other networks. Uh, it's called Mental Health Mondays with McCurdy and Mingo. And uh, if you're not catching us, you know, talking about mental health, you'll certainly find us talking uh, to business owners and, and community members and, and folks who we really want to highlight. And you can find that conversation on Keeping Up with McCurdy uh, on, on those same platforms as well. And, and I'm a big believer that we have to reach people where they are. So we have a podcast. You can find us on Facebook Live and you can find us on YouTube and 
I believe you got to have at least nine to 12 points of communication when trying to reach folks. Uh, so uh, you can find us, you know, thank you for, you know, shouting that out. I'm definitely going to check them out. And I want to thank you again for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Go Workforce Connections. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the WC Podcast. We hope to see you at the next one. Until then, stay safe.